You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net. So our theme for Advent is welcoming the stranger. We're doing it across the whole church. There's something about this story that we're living into that has changed the way that we see the world and everyone else in it. Think of all the strange characters in the Bible, like the whole thing. You know, there's lots of people, and all of them either are pointing towards Jesus or, or coming out after him. And, you know, we've even split up the centuries into B.C., before Christ, and A.D., and O Domini, in the year of our Lord. You know, this story was strange enough and powerful enough to change the way a whole continent decided to tell time. I think that's, that's kind of strange right there. We've got some strangers represented in our candles, John, uh, the prophets, these strange old men of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Last week, John the Baptist, what a weirdo. And then Mary has this strange story and this strange response to strange news. A, a wonderful woman that we want to remember. God and human are happening in the same place. This is a total renovation on the House of Faith. This is, a, this is a gut job on what was expected. Totally new, totally strange. And we welcome this new, strange, unexpected thing during Advent. It's not something that we ought to domesticate. You know, because we've been telling the whole story and because Charles Schultz did it with Peanuts characters, it might feel a little precious. And, and I think Advent is a time to wild it up a little bit, to recognize, oh no, this is really strange. It's as strange at least as my own life, you know? It's as strange at least as this scene that keeps getting stripped back, this nursery scene getting stripped back and we're losing more stuff. We had, you know, stuffed animals and we had a bunch of stuff like, you know, pacifiers and diapers and and it's all it's all getting stripped away we'll see what it's like next week jesus is born right into our regular lives in a way that um you know doesn't quite line up with our experience and yet it does that's the paradox of advent that we need to spend some time meditating on jesus comes to us as a human baby in a normal way, and now it's 2,000 years later, and it feels totally strange to us, but we are trying to live into it, trying to let that story work on us and work its way into our regular lives and make our regular lives even a little strange. Frederick Buchner described the, the strangeness of this story that's at the heart of the story in this beautiful way. I, I put it up here because it's kind of a long quote. The word become flesh, ultimate mystery, born with a skull you could crush one-handed. Incarnation, it is not tame. It is not touching. It is not beautiful. It is uninhabitable terror. It is unthinkable darkness riven with unbearable light. Agonized laboring led to it. Vast upheavals of intergalactic space-time split apart, a wrenching and tearing of the very sinews of reality itself. 
You can only cover your eyes and shudder before it. Before this, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, who for us and for our salvation, as the Nicene Creed puts it, came down from heaven. Came down. Only then do we dare uncover our eyes and see what we can see. It is the resurrection and the life she holds in her arms. It is the bitterness of death she, he takes at her breast. So I want to spend some time welcoming that strange baby and his mother, the one who agonized in that labor and held the resurrection and the life in her arms. Mary, the one who bore the Savior, welcoming God into such a vulnerable body, a vulnerable body, a body that could die, a body that did die for all of us and even for her too. This is too wonderful and strange. We need to spend some more time in this story. Like I said, that's what Advent is for. It's for fathoming the unfathomable. Do you know that word fathom? I wrote that phrase and, and looked it up. Fathom is the, uh, the measuring that they would do to find out the bottom of the ocean. That's what fathoms are. A fathom is about six feet. But here's the really interesting part that I discovered today, or yesterday when I was writing this, is um, a fathom is actually a human body measurement. This is, a, this is a fathom, from fingertip to fingertip. So we measure the deeps even with our own bodies. I, will, I will love that, that image where we're, we're plummeting down into the depths. By the way, that's another fun word, a plummet is the weight at the bottom of the rope so it can plummet down into the water and measure the depths. So we wait and wonder and hope for some new insight in the strangeness of this story. Some glimpse of divinity in our human experience, some spark of miraculous in the mundane. And we know it's there. We just know it's there. So let's look at Mary's story. I'm struck by the intimacy of this story where Mary welcomes this very, very strange stranger, an angel. Again, the vulnerability, it happens in her bedroom. The conversation has to do with sex for a moment. It brings to mind the vulnerability of nakedness. It's good that the kids took the clothes away because Without clothes, we're ready to read the story again. Even if it's familiar to you, which I know it is for many, but maybe not all. Let's hear it again and fathom the mystery of it. Measure it out against our own bodies, against our own experiences. Mary says, how can this be? And let's say it with her as, as we hear it, how can this be? Would someone read this to us? Mary was greatly troubled in words and wondered what kind. Is there, I'm sorry, were there more words after the Lord's name? 
No, that, I'm sorry, that's just a footnote I forgot to delete, sorry. Thank you, Sarah. That was very lovely read. Mary welcomes the stranger into her bedroom. Here's the best image that I think has ever been made of it, which is famous by Henry Osawa Tanner. There she is in her bed, presumably awoken by this glowing present. She is rightly troubled by this greeting the angel Gabriel gives her and by Gabriel himself, the glowing person who comes out of nowhere and mysteriously disappears. I like how Matt told the kids, angels usually bring bad news in the history of Israel, but not this time. Luke is the only one of the gospel writers who records this moment, and I like to imagine him going to Mother Mary many years later and getting the story firsthand, sitting down over a cup of tea, tell me how it was. Mary, and we get that, that kind of intimacy that I think Tanner captures here. We get that coming through in the story. Her vulnerability, the solitude of it. Like, like a candle lit in your bedroom in the middle of the night. Every time I feel alone and exposed, I feel a kinship with Mary in this moment. Alone before the sent one of God, the angel. Then, exposed in front of the whole community, how could she show her face in public, pregnant but unmarried? And her story was that the Most High had overshadowed her. So, so strange. And she said yes to this. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it happen to me according to your word. We all know that feeling of exposure, right? That kind of unbearable light that Buchner was talking about, not just from God, but just from like living. You know, you know what that's like? Those moments when it would be great if an angel would just whisper in your ear, do not be afraid, you are highly favored. You know this, this alone feeling, right? I think we're strangely, strangely alone, despite all of our capacity to connect. Maybe it's our, our God-given need to connect that makes that alone feeling so strong so often for so many of us. I'm thinking about like when you walk into a party or just maybe a room, maybe like a Sunday meeting, and either no one looks at you or everyone looks at you depending on your personality and you just feel like 
you want to shrink back, get back in your car. Why did I come here? You know this feeling, right? I think I, I have this feeling. I, I'm an extrovert, but I have this feeling. Uh, when I walk into a room, I'm looking for some comfort. I'm looking for some connection. I went to a holiday party at the factory in Collingswood on, on Friday night, just a couple days ago. But I had gone to this party two weeks before. I went to the same party because it was on my calendar to go to the factory Christmas party last Saturday, or two Saturdays ago. And I went to the party and the door was open. It's not usually open at night. So I went in, okay, good, here we are, I'm at the party. And I walk in and I had this feeling, like, whoa, I don't know anybody here, what am I doing here, why did I come, should I just leave? Unfortunately or fortunately, right when you walk into the party, there's a bar right there, a self-serve bar, so to make myself feel a little more comfortable like I belong, I go and I pour a little glass of wine. And I'm holding it, you know, I look, I'm holding a glass of wine, just like you, you know, Let, let's talk. But, but very soon thereafter, like moments, this is all happening in split seconds. I'm just like, wait a second. I don't think this is my party. I think this is Joanne's party because there's a birthday cake right there that says happy birthday, Joanne. <laughs> so I'm standing there with a, a little glass of red wine, frantically looking at my phone to like get to the, uh, the, the, the Facebook event for the factory Christmas party and seeing that indeed it was on the 14th and not the first. Who does their calendar right? Google hates me. So I just hightail it out of there and I drank the, the, drank the wine on the sidewalk. Luckily it was in a plastic cup. No one welcomed me as the stranger. You know, this is like the extreme version of that feeling. Like sometimes you feel like you're at the wrong party even though you're at the right part. This is like an extreme version of that feeling. You know, no one welcomed me as a stranger, and why would they? I was crashing their party, like Gabriel crashing Mary's bedroom. But Gabriel was sent with a message from God. I was sent by a Google Calendar that was improperly input. <laughs> However, I think we are often sent into places where we might not receive welcome. I think we can all identify with Mary in the alone feeling that she must have felt after the angel left her, and the how can this be kept echoing in her mind and in her heart, right next to her own, may it be to me, yes. But God does not leave Mary alone, and God doesn't leave us alone. Her peculiar experience is shared with another miracle mother, her cousin Elizabeth, pregnant with last week's stranger, John the Baptist. Gabriel said, look, even Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. So Mary goes to Elizabeth. Someone read this one. In those days, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah where she entered the home of Zechariah and Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the full fruit of your womb. And why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For as soon as the sound of your greeting 
reached my ears. The baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord's word to her will be fulfilled. Yes, and Mary is gratefully com greatly comforted by this. What was the song we sang with the kids, Matt? Uh, was, my heart is full of joy. My heart is full of joy. God looks on me with love. My heart is full of joy. My heart is full of joy. God looks on me with love. My heart is full of joy. Yo, get that stuck in your head. It'll be like the best song that never ends. Um, and it has that kind of, you know, nursery rhyme feel to it. We made Circle of Hope to be that sort of community for birthing a savior. Mary gets, is now sent to something like, maybe like a cell nucleus. She's got Elizabeth confirming her story. She, and she's got Joseph too, who in Matthew, it tells his story of receiving a vision from an angel himself saying, don't divorce her. This is going to be the Son of God. So she's got this little community. She doesn't have to do it alone. The angel convinced Joseph, and Elizabeth's pregnancy was enough for Mary to explode in that great song that I hope you get stuck in your head. Or go read Luke 1, 42 and following, and, and hear the Magnificat. I'm not going to get to it today, though. It's probably the best part of this story. We made Circle of Hope to be this kind of community for birthing a Savior, Mary, Elizabeth, and Joseph. The strange message of welcome is present in each of our cells. Do you guys know that this is how our cells get organized? Everyone have that they start with these kind of three people sharing a welcome with each other that they can then give to the people that they invite to the cell. We say that Jesus is best revealed incarnationally, and this is the incarnation of it. You know, just like Mary, Elizabeth, and Joseph have this strange story. We have a strange story too. God is now with us. We measure our faith experience with our own bodies, fathom by fathom, fingertip to fingertip. Just as Jesus was revealed in, in this strange, unfathomable story, Jesus' revelation to us kind of makes us strangers. We, we need each other to keep confirming and, and welcoming the strangeness of this experience with God. We need Elizabeths and Josephs in our lives when we're feeling alone. Maybe even Gabriels that whisper in our ear, do not be afraid. You are highly favored because we now are sent. Like, G, like, like Mary was sent into the hill country of Judea to see Elizabeth. We are sent too to people that are going to receive this message and inspire us with a song. That's, the, that's what Jesus coming to be with us as God with us, Emmanuel, means, is that now he is present in our body the same way that John was present in Elizabeth's body and leapt for joy. Jesus now leaps for joy in us. And that's a strange, strange story. However, when we come together, in cells or in a Sunday meeting or in a place where that alone feeling gets lessened, where those, that light of being seen becomes less unbearable. That's what we need and that's how we've organized ourselves to be together. 
Jesus brings us together with enough love to actually bear the light of being seen and favored, unstrangering all of humanity by his presence as a human among us. We're going to practice that unstrangering later. Matt will help you during worship, which is coming up here in a second. Um, but let me close with this video, which is an expression of our togetherness in Circle of Hope. In our actual birthing of children and welcoming them into the, the life of the body, like we're welcoming Francis today for the first time at the Sunday meeting, we have this idea of village parenting. And I think it's the same kind of um, anti-aloneness idea that, that Mary needed when she was given this strange news. We are Elizabeth's and Joseph's to the Jesus that's getting born among us and the Jesus that's going to be given to each of our children. And I say our children because our idea for village parenting is that all the children are ours, not just those of us that are parents. Though parenting alone is hard and we do need other parents in our lives to help us figure it out. We also need a community of love that's going to raise these children up so that they can receive that love minute by minute, heart by heart. They need more than their parents can give, and, and we have the love to give them. We do. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.